Welcome to the Social Scholars Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Lynn, and I'm a social media consultant, personal branding strategist, and Elon Musk super fan. Each week, you're going to learn through quick tip episodes, guest expert trainings, and business owner interviews, the perspective, insight, and strategies you need to align your business goals with your marketing efforts and make social media work for you. So let's get to class. Well, welcome back to another Monday episode of the Social Scholars Podcast. These historically have been interview episodes where I've interviewed small business owners, um, online business owners. I've interviewed platform experts, people who have some awesome social media strategy tips and tip advice for us. And today is no different in in the value that you're going to get, but it is different in that I get to interview a couple. So they not only share a life together, but they also share a business together. And this interview is with Dwight and Emily, who are Cycle Bar Studio owners out in West Omaha, Nebraska. So we get to hear a little bit of the behind the scenes of their love story, how Cycle Bar brought them together and then how as a couple they've moved through the different phases of finding, opening, and continuing to run a business, especially um, among this chaos, which we did not get into because at the time of this recording, um, it was back in January. So the world had not changed um, quite as drastically as as it has um, in recent days at this point. Um, But the, the lessons learned, the experiences, the recommendations, the advice that both Dwight and Emily share are still incredibly relevant. Um, I just re-listened to it again last night and felt super inspired by the the lessons they were sharing around betting on yourself, about being resourceful, about storytelling, sharing behind the scenes, being vulnerable, which everything on that list can be very much applied to whatever situation your business is going through right now. So um, they, I know, have had to close their their doors from the from the brick and mortar perspective. Because of this, I know they're trying to figure out some creative ways to open again, but until then, um, they've been keeping in touch with their community on Instagram, on Facebook. I know they started a TikTok account. Um, they've been doing virtual workouts from the lobby of their studio, and uh, so they've gotten creative. So you're, I would, I included their social media links in the show notes here. So definitely connect with them, not only to let them know what you loved about their episode, um, but also to get some inspiration and ideas for your own business right now, whether you have a brick and mortar or whether you have an online business or um, whatever whatever type of business or, or um strategy you're, you're looking to support during this time, I think you're going to get a lot from this one. 
And you're going, I think it's going to be fun too, because who doesn't like to hear about a love story? Um, and they, it's not just a love story for the sake of a love story. It, it definitely plays into how they were able to grow a very engaged social media community so that when they opened their doors to their first ever cycle bar location, they had over 400 members that were excited and ready to start coming in the doors. They've had other cycle bar studios asking their secrets and how they how they are have created such a thriving community. And uh and I know you're going to get the same inspiration and um learn some really helpful lessons from this interview with Emily and Dwight. So without further ado, oh and I do want to mention so I had a computer malfunction back in January and I had to pull out my very old uh, laptop and the sound quality on my end is not the best. So I'm going to apologize in advance. You might want to turn down the volume (laughs) on my part and I wish I could change it. Uh, but I can't. Their audio, though, they we they actually recorded inside of the um, their own Cycle Bar Studio, which was really fun. Um, and theirs theirs sounds great. So luckily, they do most of the talking. But just giving you a heads up, I know the sound quality could be a bit better on my end. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, I still wanted to share it with you because what they have to say um, does sound fine and just audio wise. And then the like I said. The content, the information, the lessons learned they shared, I know you're going to get so much out of. So enjoy this one, and uh, I'll see you on the other end. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Social Scholars Podcast. And today we have, I feel like I say this every episode, but we actually have an extra special episode because we have two people on this week's podcast episode. We have the Omaha Cycle Bar owners, Emily and Dwight, who are actually joining us from their cycling studio. Welcome, guys. Oh, hey. (laughs) Oh, hi. They couldn't see it, but I was doing like a shimmy dance that whole time. I know. People are really going to... Dwight is very animative, so it's like a shame that people are going to miss out on those... (laughs) His face. His animations. They're messing out on right now. Lots of things. I can myself a cheap plug, bud underscore Dwight on Instagram, and look (laughs) at my highlights. It's called Dwight Dances. There's like 30 videos of me dancing like an idiot. It is well worth like 20 minutes of you killing time and laughing. We will. Oh, oh, for sure. We're putting that in the show notes, Dwight. We are putting that in the show notes. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I wanted Emily and Dwight to be on today because they have such a cool story of opening the studio and just why the heck they wanted to do it and then how the heck they actually made it happen. And then they have also been just rocking out on Instagram, selling their memberships, getting visible in their community, connecting with people. And I was like, okay, we got to We got to get these two on here and like get, get the insider scoop on, on what all they're doing. So to start with though, I was, we were talking a little bit before the show, how, a lot of times people have like these fears of starting or talking themselves out of starting something that's really exciting and feels important to them because, well, where they are is just okay. Like it's not bad. Or it's like, well, what if they fail? And I know that both of you kind of have your own stories. So I'd love to just to kind of start how each of you ended up here. And then I just, this is such a fun story, how you guys met. You can go first. 
Um, well, how I ended up here was I moved to Louisville after getting my master's in journalism at Northwestern University. And I got a job at like a small editing company. Um, and I got my start as a staff writer there and then got promoted to, um, assistant editor and then editor. But, um, my passion was always in fitness. And so when cycle bar opened in Louisville, Kentucky, I auditioned to be an instructor, um, and got the job and quickly into my teaching, I realized like, this is where I need to be. And this is where I want my energy to be. I would be at work making playlists, looking for music, like watching videos and not actually doing my work. And, um, I was like, you know what? I'm spending all of my time counting down the minutes till I get to teach again. And all of my effort and energy was there. So I wanted to make it possible for me to do that full time. Um, and that's kind of like opportunities just prevented them, presented themselves. And I was able to become a Pilates instructor as well. And so then I just made the shift to teaching fitness full time and was able to like huge leap of faith and quit my job with a salary. And I mean, there wasn't benefits, but it's okay. Um, and just start teach full time. Um, and that really was where it all took off for me. Um, and then one day this guy named Dwight came in to the studio and sat front row in my class. And that's kind of how it all started. Such a good story. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's like the tip of the iceberg, I guess. Um, to, to catch people up on my side before getting into Emily's class where she stumbled over her words while teaching while her jaw hit the floor looking at me for 45 minutes. Um, that might be exaggerated, but nevertheless, <laughs> um, I am from Nebraska originally. And my first job out of college was working for Anheuser-Busch. And I traveled the U.S. for a bit and then ended up getting a position in Louisville. And upon my time there, I am a diehard pro wrestling fan. So I dove into the world of pro wrestling, was trained by the same guy that trained like John Cena, Brock Lesnar, some of the biggest names in the industry. And I absolutely love it. I love entertaining. I love being in front of people, um, putting a smile on people's faces. And amidst my wrestling training, I tore both of my labrums, one in each shoulder over the course of like two years. So that just set me back. And at that point, it, I walked into a cycle bar to be an instructor and they wanted me to take a class first. Um, and I had no clue what the hell I was doing. I, it's, yeah, I, I was just there. And then <laughs> Emily took her class and um, you know, after the class, Erica, the lead instructor at Cycle Bar there was talking to me, introduced me to Emily. And I was like, this girl's pretty. Um, <laughs> but then she, Erica said something along the lines to her. She's like, yeah, Dwight's, you know, gonna try becoming an instructor. And Emily, not knowing who I am, just in Emily, if you know, Emily is very soft spoken and like an introvert, but she's just like, oh, we'll never see him again. I'm like, who is this bitch? <laughs> Put in a bleep right there. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I don't know if I can cuss on this or not, but yeah, like, who is this person thinks she is? And I am a, a smart aleck myself, so I, I had a rhetorical comment. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so from there, it was like two months of trying to become an instructor, and just so happened that every time I was like going in for an audition or some sort of training – with Erica, like Emily just for some reason was there as well. It was kind of fishy. Um, 
So yeah, you can put the piece of the puzzle together there that um, we, we really just started as friends, like her helping me develop playlists, how to become an instructor, um, and then just hanging out on opposite ends of the couch talking about music and life. And then, yeah, it was just kind of like one of those things where we developed a very strong friendship. And then um, from there, fell in love. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So it is like a story of following your heart, both for work and for love. And what I think is so interesting about both of you is that, like, there, I like everybody. There's nobody has a straight path to like. Oh, I'm going to do this because it, there's all these twists and turns. And it's interesting because I think, all, like your twists and turns, just like align so perfectly at the same time with like what you're now doing as owners of Cycle Bar because you have to be kind of animative and like fun and have a personality when you're instructing a class, which I've taken one of Dwight's classes in the past. So I can attest to that. And then like, which we're going to get into in just a minute, like Emily is such a phenomenal writer. She had like digital marketing experience, social media experience in her roles before that have like put them in a really great position to just like take that experience and make it work with what they're doing now. So that's so cool. Um, so, okay. So you, now you guys are, are running your own studio, but like, tell me a little bit about, cause it's one thing to like quit your job and be an instructor or like, like work part-time as an instructor to get some additional, like your side hustle. And it's another thing to like open up a freaking business, right? Especially like a brick and mortar business. So how, like, what are some of the, the challenges you guys have had to, like, overcome? Maybe even, like, physically, and but also just, like, mentally, because I know that's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy how quickly it happens. Like, sometimes I think, like, if I went back to last year when we just started dating, and how this all spiraled, like, would I do it again? And I totally would, but I'm also, like, you were an idiot. Like, I mean, to break it down, like we started dating in May, <laughs> two days later, we started dating May 6th, yeah. May 8th. He said, I love you by like May 12th. I'm going to interrupt. And when I said, I love you, she said, I think I love you. <laughs> yeah, um, like, okay. the best response. Like maybe don't <laughs> take my advice on that. Um, but then like literally May 12th, I had like moved in. Um, and it was in July when we went to DC to visit my parents for him to meet my parents we had like started talking about like hey like i've always wanted to open my own cycling studio and as a full-time instructor like if you don't teach you don't get paid so i kind of had this realization like i can't keep teaching 30 classes a week um long term and i also want some stability in my life of like doing what i love but also being able to like take a vacation or be sick and not be worried like I'm not getting paid because I'm not teaching. Um, and so literally it was in a two month period, we kind of just started like throwing around this idea because Dwight had said like he always wanted to be an entrepreneur and he always wanted to open his business and like be his own boss. Um, and so within two months, we started just having these conversations and somehow it spiraled into like September, we went to Discovery Day. So literally hadn't even been dating for five months. We went to Discovery Day in... Irvine, which is for Cycle Bar, where you learn about like being an owner. 
And then once we went to discovery day, it was all over. Cause we were like, this is exactly what we want to do. It just happened that like both of us were in this place of like being fed up with our current situation. And so, and we were so in love with the brand that we were like kind of the stars aligned. Um, and we were very fortunate to have some financial support from my parents to be able to like make this happen. Um, but yeah, I remember the most terrifying part for me, honestly, was probably signing our lease because the franchise agreement, I feel like yeah. you can get out of, I mean, you can't get out of it, but it's like, you know, you sign it, you say you're going to open a franchise, but things can fall through and you can decide not to do it. But when we were signing our lease to like, this is our 10 year commitment to this space. I remember just being like, holy shit. To me, that was the moment of like, okay, we're like fully going, we're jumping in. And like, there's no coming back after this. But I think we were both so ready for it because, um, I mean, you can think about all the worst case scenarios. Like there's a lot here, you know, like my parents could be homeless and we could lose everything. Um, and we could be in a lot of debt. Or we could open this amazing studio and have all of these members who are changing their lives. And so I think we just chose to focus on like, you know what, we know we can do this. So let's just go for it. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Well, so what was going through your head, Dwight, at this time too? Um, so it happened, it happened so fast, but on top of it, like there was research done, there was the due diligence taken. And I think not only in like love, but in business or whatever your passion is, when you know, you know, and not only with Emily, like we were engaged within six months and of dating and we were opening a business within six months of dating. But like people ask me when I propose, like, were you nervous? I go, no, because I, I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. And with opening this business, sure, there was like a few poop your pants moments where it's like, this is really happening. And this is a huge commitment, but I'm a, a optimist, no biggie, but voted senior year class standout for most optimistic in my class. So a little food to my own horn there. Um, but yeah, so it was just one of those things that I had full faith in our ability. We knew the brand. We know the type of people we are and the type of instructors we are. Not to interrupt, but like one thing that Dwight always said was that the best thing about this it was, it was all on us. Like our success was all on him and I, and he had faith and I had faith that we would be able to do it. And so it was like, you know, he kept saying like, at the end of the day, it's just you and me and the success comes down to us. And we had faith in ourselves that we knew that we could make it happen. Yeah. For anyone listening to this, that's like thinking about doing something, but like nervous, there's never the right time. I'll say that fully. There's never the right time, but at the end of the day, you got to bet on yourself. If, mm -hmm. if it's me or someone else with my future or my livelihood on the hand, I'm betting on myself 100% of the time. And you can't be afraid to do that yourself. Um, and then the name of our LLC is create your own luck. And that's exactly what we are doing is creating our own luck. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just kind of, there's definitely, you know, trials and tribulations with, I remember there was one time something along, along the lines of like the, the franchise agreement and someone had to like co-sign it with us. And there was, um, her parents obviously helped us out greatly, but there was a little like miscommunication. And it's like, well, if someone doesn't do this, I remember the phone call, like, well, we can't do it. And then we hung up the phone with the people. And it was like, what the F? Like we were hundred percent in on this. 
and I hung up the phone, like almost in tears being like, wait, this isn't going to happen. Um, so yeah, it was kind of very surreal to think about, like we've come this far, even though in a short period of time, but we've came this far, we've dreamt about it. And we always told ourselves, it's like, we're moving super fast. We know we're moving super fast, but at the end of the day, in two years from now, if we do the general steps of dating and all that, and then two years from now, try opening one. And then we look at Omaha, Nebraska, and there's a super successful cycle bar there. We're going to kick our own asses because that should be us. So don't wait, do it because you, whether you're listening to this and you're thinking of a moment, you're like, yeah, I wish I would have done that. And I see something that did happen or it could potentially happen. So if you think you're ready, don't wait. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of to get okay. us to the point of moving to Nebraska in November, if you want to take it from there. <laughs> well, I love, I love that because literally everything that you guys did may not logically make sense, which I don't know who writes the rule book for like how long you should date or like how long you should like be married before you open a business together or how long you should know something to open a business, right? We have like all these rules, but it's like, who made these rules? Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know. Um, but we have, we have them though. They're still there. And then it's almost like you guys just like gave yourself permission to like, just do what felt right. And like, Dwight said, though, it's like you guys took a leap, but it was like a calculated leap. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the difference sometimes, too. It's like you don't have to necessarily, like, leave your job this very moment, but it's like take a calculated leap because I think a leap is just, like, anything that, like, you're jumping into something. You're jumping into the unknown and uncertainty, um, but because you guys, like you were saying, believed in the brand and believed in each other and yourselves, it was like, we got this, like, it's going to happen. There's going to be things that we don't know how to do, but we're going to figure them out, which I love. And I liked what you said too, Dwight, about just, just start, just start. I mean, for me, um, like I hear a lot and I've even struggled with this myself. It's like, well, I need to come up with like the perfect business name or like the perfect graphic so that I can like launch this offer or whatever. And then like months go by, right. Or like months go by trying to like work on your website. And it's like, all you really need to do is just start. And like some of those things will just come together at the end um, or along the way. Because yep. I'm sure there's still things you guys are figuring out on the fly. But like how tragic if you would have waited, like Dwight was saying, until you're like, okay, we got everything figured out. And then it's like the opportunity miss, missed itself. So you're behind uh, the eight ball and Emily would have been in 30 at that time. And God. <laughs> I mean, it's like basically downhill from there. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no. Okay. So I want to talk about, so we've got, we've kind of got the backstory about how you guys ended up here. I mean, we could, you know, I got so many more questions just about how you did this, but maybe that's a, that's another podcast episode. But today I want to get into how you guys have used social media and I guess specifically Instagram to build your business or to help in the, the building of your business. So you guys are on Instagram. Tell me a little bit about like the success you've had using Instagram. And then I want to talk about like how you actually got that success. Yeah. So, well, for cycle bar, just to give you a little background before you open, they have kind of a playbook that they want you to hit 300 members before the day you open. So that was always our goal was to open with 300 members. And then they have goals of like 400, 500. Um, but the main goal is 300 the day you open. And so that requires pre-sale and selling memberships beforehand. So we started pre-sale. Our pre-sale was extra long because the city of Omaha 
just was absolutely terrible with permitting. But we started our presale in April and we opened our doors in October. Um, so we had what was it, like six months to do our presale. Um, and really, uh, I mean, we did a lot of things, but Instagram was huge for us hitting that 300 mark. Um, because we were able to use it to build this like anticipation and this like FOMO of all of these people are buying memberships. Like, why aren't you? And then using brand videos. And it was super lucky that we were instructors because we had a ton of content from like our teaching that we could use to kind of create this awareness. Cause um, our cycle bar is the only cycle bar in Nebraska. So we were catering to a market that had never heard of cycle bar and really boutique fitness in general. Omaha is kind of like five years behind the rest of the world. Um, and so boutique fitness is just starting to come alive. So we really had to use Instagram to create this awareness of like what we were bringing to town. Um, so it was just really helpful for us. And on top of that, the biggest thing for us is differentiate yourself in some way. I think you have to make a way to stand out on Instagram for sure and social media because we've all been there scrolling and, and people can write a caption, but if you don't capture someone's attention in two seconds, they're going to keep scrolling. So we used kind of our love story to capture people's attention and use that to differentiate us. And also when dealing with people, if we meet someone at an event and we're talking about the brand, it's much it resonates much greater in their mind when they see us on social media versus the generic corporate, whether it's cycle bar or McDonald's or subway or planet fitness, whatever it is, you just see these generic people working out, smiling with their cheesy smiles. And it's like, why should I care about that? Like, yes. Yes. We have actually had a lot of other studios ask us how we were successful in social media. And it's great because corporate does provide you with a lot of graphics and marketing material. But for us, it was like, we're going to leverage our story because at the end of the day, like we're the face of this studio and by telling our story and getting people like hooked on our love story and our dream, it creates this investment in our products because they're like, oh my God, we know Emily and Dwight. We feel like we know them. We feel like we're a part of this story and they're way more invested in it than just like some generic graphics. And also it's not, we, we weren't selling at any point. Like anyone that knows Emily, she is not a salesperson at all. She'll be the first. <laughs> And it was, I, I don't want to like hook bait and switch you and get you to sign up for something and then have it be something different. So um, shout out to Kim and Jeff Herzog, if they're listening to this ever. <laughs> but I remember having a conversation with them at a tabling event where they were members at a different studio and were kind of like, not, they were hesitant of what I was saying. And at no point I was salesy. I just talked about the brand and like, this goes back to believing in what you're doing and what you're like passionate about because you, you can hear it in someone's voice when they talk about it and talk about this studio and we just had pictures and talking about everything the brand offers and that's all i didn't ask for a sale i didn't ask for anything and then after talking to them for 20 minutes they came back by the table i was at like 45 minutes later and then both signed up and they're like you sold us i'm like i wasn't trying to sell you i'm just letting you know what we're bringing to town and then i think a lot of people through our Instagram, our stories. I think people need, really need to leverage stories, which is something we still don't do enough of. Um, leveraging those quick stories to get in people's feeds of just like showing what what's going on here. And then on top of it, once they actually do get in the doors, 
capitalizing on that and showing you like, hey, we're not all talk. Like this is who we are. This is what we're about. Um, I think face value is a huge thing um, where if you talk the talk but don't walk the walk, it's just going to leave a very sour taste in people's mouths. So, I mean, I will brag about us where I think we do a great job of being in the studio on a very consistent basis. We try to learn all of our members' names, cater to them as much as possible. So that, you know, face-to-face connection and making those relationships starting on social media and now being in person has been huge. Okay, so much to unpack just right there because the last thing that you said is so good because that can even be applicable to like followers and like you guys don't have like members, you actually have like people, human beings that you know, they're not just like tally marks on an inventory sheet or a member list. Um, And same thing like with followers, like it seems like you guys have actually built a community on Instagram, which is kind of hard to do. Um, And you guys have done a great job of that. And then I also, I'm obsessed with your storytelling abilities on Instagram. And you guys are lucky, create your own luck, I know, but you guys are lucky that you have this cool story, but like everybody has some kind of story if they just sit back and think about like what, like how did they get from there to here? And so they can story tell as well. Um, But you guys just did such a great job of actually telling a story and putting your face out there. Um, Because a lot of times it is easy to hide behind a logo or stock photos, or quote graphics, and you guys didn't do that. I mean, of course, you sprinkled it in, you know, but it, it like, you guys were the face of this business to stand out, um, and the other thing that I love that you, you both kind of touch on is just the ability to sell, sell without selling, because I know a lot of people listening to this also have the same hesitations, Emily, and I know, like, it's, it's hard to, like, you know, feel like you're, you know, this used car salesman and blah, blah, blah. But what's so cool, and hopefully everybody feels this way about their own business or listening to this, it's like, if you believe in it so much, just like talk about it, talk about it in that way and like be confident. And if like you don't believe in it, who will? So you guys have done like such a great job of that too. And it's it like you stand out as a business, but also just even like as a business within cycle bars, ecosystem. I, I like, I follow, I'm, I don't, listeners probably know this at this point. They've been following me on Instagram. I'm cycle bar obsessed. <laughs> so I follow a couple studios. Um, you guys have just done such a great job of storytelling. So um, tell me, give us some, maybe like some tips for how you have like story, like been able to tell a story. Like what, what things do you do specifically on Instagram to share the story of your, of your dream and of your love story. Oh man. You've been in charge of it more than I am. One, it helps that Emily is a journalism major from Northwestern to write the story. Um, So that helps. Yeah. Um, I think that's a huge part is like, I love at the end of the day, like I was a journalism major. Like I love writing. I majored in long form narrative. Like I love telling stories. And so obviously on Instagram, like, you can only tell so much in a caption, but um, just focusing on things that would resonate with people. Um, like our, 
we went to go get our engagement photos and we were like, Hey, how about we wear cycle bar stuff? Because number one, we're obsessed with it. And number two, we're owners of it. And then we can use these photos in our Instagram and help create like, so people can see us and our love and our love for cycle bar and then pair it with a caption, just talking about our story and people just like, connect with them. And now we've transferred it to like our instructors where like this week we're highlighting their top five goals for 2020. So that way our riders can connect even more with our instructors. And it's been great because like the other day I posted one of one of our instructors, Taylor, and we had like 15 comments of just our members being like, oh my God, I love this goal. I want to do this one with you. And so just those little personal touches of you know, not making it all about the workout or your membership or what you get from us, but it's more like creating these personal connections. So people are like, oh my God, I love that Taylor wants to do this. I'm going to come to her class. Yes. Yeah. uh, It's like that Simon Sinek, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do what you do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like that. Um, And cast a wide net. I've heard two different trains of thought as a business major where like you want to try getting as focused as possible to capture kind of that niche market. But with us, I feel like cycle bar, everyone's just like, sometimes just like, is it, is it just, just spin? And I absolutely hate when people say that mm-hmm. hate it so much because it's not just a workout. Like we've done a great job of building a community of members as young as like 16 or 17 years old, as old as shout out Carol McConnell, like 67 years old yeah. and all weight types in between. Like, we are for everybody and it's not just about weight loss. There's a lot of people that come here to de-stress from the day. There's people that have eating disorders. There's people that, you know, have tried the big box gym and they just can't do it. There's people that meet their fiance here, wink, wink, nod, nod, me. Um, and people that meet like lifelong friends, Emily, her bridesmaids or her maid, maid of honor. honor, she met at cycle bar. So it's not just spin, it's a community, it's a family. So on Instagram, when thinking about things to post, again, you can't like in our early stages, it'd be like, well, does it make sense to post that? Should we do it? And then at one point we're just like, F it, just post. If we think it makes sense, just post it, just go for it. Cause kind of, I, I listened to like Gary V and he thinks on a high scale posting like 10 times a day, which is outlandish, um, <laughs> really works for him. And I, I, some people hate Gary V. Some people like him. I think he's great cause he's authentic and he practices what he preaches. And for us, it's just kind of, you know, make something, that if we post it, it might only resonate with 10 people, but those 10 people, it hits home for them. And then we might post something that hits home with more of a wide audience, but not always sticking with just the workout, with going with the instructors, going with different events we're doing. Um, So always doing something um, and kind of keeping it fresh. And Emily is a planner and does a great job of kind of listing it out. But if you're not a planner, just kind of like what you're doing with, with, with this right now, you have five ready to go, ready to launch. So just kind of put them together and then maybe you can organize them. Um, so that's kind of. Yeah. Well, and, and that is, that is so good. Like I say this all the time. I need to come up with like a new, a new response, but it is so good. Um, what you're saying, because, um, you know, we, I think every business gets into, goes through this at some point where they get caught up in like features. And it's like for a lot of my audience, it's like, 
they have coaching programs, they have online courses, they're doing groups, and then they want to talk about how many modules are in the course, how many coaching calls you get, boxer support, all this stuff. But like Dwight is talking about, like that's the spin in my in my mind in this in this analogy. But it's like there's so much more. It's like a transformation, and then there's also like all these other pieces of this of a story that you want to be part of. A community is being built. You're painting the picture of like the success that somebody can have, and so it's not just here's a bike, here's a class, here's a bike, here's a class, here's a schedule, here's a bike. And then, or like, you know, um, even people who sell products, I think, yes, we want to see your products, but like, I want to see the owner, like who makes these cute notebooks? I want to know. Um, like what's the story? What's the why? And you guys have done such a good job. Also, I want to just touch on briefly. And if you have anything you want to add to this, um, please do. But I thought you guys also did a great job of being super intentional when you did do activities outside of social media for your business, you captured it for social media. So like you did a lot of fairs, collaborations. Do you want to, would one of you want to chat, talk about that for just a moment? Yeah, we always are like basically our motto was do something always or like be somewhere always. And that included being on social media, but also being out in the community. And then when we were out in the community, highlighting that on our social media. So it was just like this whole continuous wheel of like, we're doing all these things. We're showing that we're doing all of these things. And then there was like no way to avoid us because we were everywhere. And so it kind of like we were blanketing Omaha in this like whole cycle bar. <laughs> like we're coming to town because we were everywhere, always doing something, always promoting what we were doing. And honestly, that helped us of every day, just hustling to do something and be somewhere. Well, and two, I think something to, very important to remember is that Instagram is only a tool to magnify or amplify like what's already there. So if you're not doing things or you're not show, showcasing your story, like what are you magnifying? And so it's like you guys are magnifying your story, your why, your instructors, and then like the events and things that you're doing in real life. Yeah. Um, so that's helped. I think you have to also really um, like utilize what you have. So like in pre-sale, we didn't have a studio to show off. We didn't have, we couldn't show you our space because it was a GNC. But again, like we had met you, um, Erica, we had met all of these people through our previous life at Cyclobar and we utilized their stories as well as our stories to capture on social media what we were bringing to town. So we did like a series of what cycle bar means to me with Instagram TV, um, where people talked about what it meant to them. And because we had those connections, we were able to utilize it before we even opened our doors. Yeah. To piggyback off that focus on what you have, not what you don't have, because so many times I think people are like, Oh, if I only had this or this, I'd be so much better. Well, guess what? You don't have it. So instead don't focus on it. Focus on the things that you do have and make that the best thing possible because you have it and you can talk about it. Oh, so that's so powerful. Um, and that is, that is, I love that you guys did the pre-sale and I think that's a lesson that we could all learn from as well, no matter, especially if you're selling a digital product. Um, like you don't have to have everything figured out. Like go ahead and like get the members in the door and then just know that you're going to wow them like you guys are doing. Um, and then, yeah, like pulling from Emily, that was like so genius pulling from whatever you can, like get creative, other people's stories, other people's experiences. Um, because 
you know, I, I, I guarantee if we sat down and like thought about it, there would be those stories, our own and other people that were related to like what we're trying to share. Those would be available. It's just like taking the time to think about them. Um, okay. Is there anything else that you feel like has really been a big help or a big success with using Instagram specifically for, for growing your brand and bringing members in and keeping everyone connected? You've shared a lot. Is, just there, is there anything else I haven't asked you? Outside of the posting, I think it's a lot of like randomly going into people that are following you and kind of seeing who they follow or who they tag and post. I mean, it sounds kind of creepy, but like that's your target audience. So you got to go in and you got to, if you follow people, we might've followed like a hundred people and only 20 followed us back, but you got to do everything you can to get that exposure. Um, and then another thing, I guess, Instagram, Facebook too, buy ads. They're very underpriced and um, getting that exposure. I still don't fully know how it works, but I, people probably won't like this, but like, don't waste your money paying some big tech company to do it for you. Like do a little research and a little homework and you can do it on your own and save yourself a lot of money, especially if you're someone trying to do a startup that doesn't have a lot of money. Like take the time to go on Google and figure it out. And then I guess my last little bit is I don't want to sound like an asshole, but it's like, if you want to accomplish anything, you're not going to do it by half-assing it. Like so many people I've heard say, I want to do this. I want to do this. I, I, I'm going to do it. Like, but then 90% of those people don't follow through with it. Yeah. Like if you truly believe in something, you're going to go out there and you're going to do it. So if I'm, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, Oh yeah, that's me, then go do it. But if you're like, have those seeds of doubt in the back of your mind, then it's probably not the right thing for you. Cause so many, like it's hard work. It sucks for six months. It sucked. Like we did a lot of hard work on the back end, not only social media, not only being at events, but like at home on the computer, emailing, setting up, um, insurance, equipment, um, construction, you name it. So I don't want people to think that success happens overnight. It is brick by brick and you build the house and you continue to work after it's even open, but I would not change a thing and it's worth every single drop of blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. End of rant. <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't a rant. That was, that was amazing. And that is, um, so quotable, all of it, Dwight. Um, Emily, I feel like you got some good Instagram content from <laughs> from today. Record him all the time and just repost it. <laughs> um, but no, that that is it's like a lot of times we just see people's end results, but like we don't see like LeBron James like practicing twice a day or you know whoever you know doing three a days for football or whatever. It's like you see the you see the game. You see the the end of the race, whatever it might be. Um, and I know a lot of work went into what you guys do. And I love that you shared some of it. I mean, obviously, we don't know all of it. But I liked that part of, like, your strategy, too, on storytelling is, like, the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Talking about Instagram stories specifically. So, yeah, um, that's to give people a peek behind the curtain, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that helps because people, like you said before, they want to see the owner. Like, they want to see what's going into – this process so that way they know it is authentic. So giving them that peek and opening up your doors, like it, it helps build that relationship. Yeah. And I think today with like everything being so 
on social media and so digital that people really do crave a community. So the fact that you've kind of been able to like foster it to get people in the door with how you're showing up on Instagram. And then it's like, you give them that experience when they actually buy your product, walk in your door, whatever it might be. Um, I think is a really, I think is a really important part of doing business right now because people want to be a, a part of something, not just see pretty photos or yeah. read inspirational quotes. I'll actually shout out our GM. She always says something great that it's like the warm cookie effect. Like it's like we create, I don't know how she says it. Do you know what she says? It's basically like a whole thing of like you smell, create, yeah, smell, yeah. touch and feel. Like you create the experience on social media or whatever, where they're like, okay, I want to try it. And then you create that personal connection. And then when they come in the door, they can like touch the cookie. They get to smell the cookie. They get to like experience Dwight and I, they get to experience the class. And it kind of creates this like whole package of like, it's not just one piece, but it's like the whole cookie effect. Yes. Like all those touch points. It's not just like one post or one thing. It's like yes, this it's like the whole thing put together. Yes. Oh, okay. So, um, you guys, this has been awesome. I'm so appreciative of you taking time to, to step off the bike and to, to chat, to share some of the insight. I know people are going to get a lot of value from this. Is there anything else, life, love, entrepreneurship that you want to share to, to consider this episode complete that I haven't already asked. Why well, Emily's looking at me like you're the you one. You always that, want the final word. It has to be yeah. you. So I can't say anything because then you'll just say something. I already gave my tangent. So you okay. can you can you, like re, you can rewind word. it like two minutes if you want my words of advice. And last I would just say bet on yourself. I mean um, I always said I guess cockily I don't think cockily is a word but I always said I'm too smart to work for somebody else. I didn't expect myself to be owning a cycle bar, but here we are. And ultimately I bet on myself. I bet on us and we are currently winning. I think we'll continue to win because I have faith in us. So if you're listening, just like, if you're ready to do it, don't be afraid to do it. Screw it. But no better time than the present. Oh, okay. What a great way to end. So um, where can we hang out with you guys on your loves, your cycle bar love story journey? What's your, where can we find you on Instagram? At, at Cycle Bar West Omaha. Cycle Bar West Omaha. And then from there, do you guys have your own um, handles in that one? Or, okay. We'll tag in all the, all the time. So you can find, mine's just my name, Emily, and he is Bud underscore Dwight. So. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll include all of that. It has hyphens in it, but you know, it's hard to explain. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll add it. We'll add it to there. If they can just get to the cycle bar page, I think they'll, they'll be in a good spot. So yeah, I would definitely recommend connecting with them, obviously going to a cycle bar class if you're in Omaha. Um, and then, yeah, I think that you guys have a lot of value that people could learn from um, outside of just this episode. So definitely connect with them and I'd love it. And I know that you guys would too, if they did connect with you to let them know, to let you guys know, um, what you got out of the episode. So like what, what was something that really resonated with you that Emily and Dwight said? I know that they would love to hear that and love yeah, to hear from you. Shoot us a DM. Um, if you want to put our email in there too, westomaha at cyclebar.com. Don't be afraid to email questions, anything that you took away from it. Like we love helping people. That's why we opened a studio with over 400 members that like we are here to help. We're not here to like, it's not about the money at all. It's about waking up and going to work every day. Um, in two and a half months of being open, we've had two days off. And I truly mean that like we worked two straight months 
and I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, so we love to hear any feedback, any questions, if we can help out. Um, if we don't get back to you for a few days, I apologize. We are kind of busy, but we'll get you. <laughs> we will get you. They will. They will. Oh, well, guys, I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully I'll see you in Omaha soon. And until then, we'll see you over on Instagram. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. At the end of the day, social media is really just a tool to help you magnify and amplify what's happening in real life. And one of my favorite strategies for developing a standout personal brand in real life is by being a podcast guest. And I love this approach for a lot of reasons. One being, especially if you're new, it's an incredible way to help you to develop your voice. It's a great way to help you nail your signature stories, to start to help you figure out what your key messaging is. The more interviews you do, the more questions you answer, the more you talk about how you help and what you want to be known for, the more you'll realize what resonates with people, what they want to hear more of, what you enjoy talking about, and really, really hone in on, on that voice for your personal brand. The second reason why I love it is because you're able to expand your network among these really high-vibing, ambitious, driven podcast hosts. Who doesn't want that? So you might end up being LifeLock friends with some of these podcast hosts. You might um, end up collaborating with them on a project in the future, either something inside maybe their group or maybe maybe they help you out with your group or something that you're offering. So it's just a, an awesome way to connect with new people, new peers also doing big things. The third reason why I love this approach is because you're able to expand your reach, grow your community, grow your circle and not just grow it, but grow it with the right people, with the ideal people that you're wanting to serve by being strategic on what podcasts you're on. And I've had several people that have joined my Facebook group, that have joined my paid groups, that have worked with me one-on-one from hearing uh, one of my interviews on someone else's podcast. So the possibilities are endless. I want these same benefits for you. And so I have developed a nine-step workbook that you can go over to sarahlynn.co forward slash podcast guest guide freebie. That's podcast guest guide freebie and download this workbook that's going to help you walk through how to find what podcast you want to be on, what to say to the host and what to do after the interview. So grab the nine-step Land Your First Podcast interview workbook over at sarahlynnco.com forward slash podcast guest guide freebie. And I can't wait to hear your first podcast.